The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Ugh, I'm not in the mood. Do we have to do this? Yes. Wait, are we recording? Okay, let's go. You're listening to The Alley Colbert Show. when she does that. This meeting is being recorded. Yeah, it's like so invasive. Like you don't have to yell it. Calm down. All right, guys. Uh, welcome to the Ali Colbert Show. We're already telling people to calm down. I am joined by my sister, Jackie, as always. Hi. And we have a really special guest today. She's so funny. She's really talented. She has been on Summer House reality TV show. She's been on Bravo chat room, which she hosts. But more than that, she's a stand-up comedian. She's an artist. She has nearly 500,000 followers on Instagram. She's an expert on the Palestinian-Israeli conflict. Can you imagine? (laughs) (laughs) We're just like talking about that with you. (laughs) She's on a stand-up tour right now called Housebroken. Uh, and she's great. She's like one of the nicest people I know. You guys, Hannah Burner. Oh my God, I'm so excited to be here. Allie, this podcast is so overdue. You didn't even have a podcast. And I was like, Allie, can I come on your future pod, your unborn baby? <laughs> you said that to me years ago. You were like, years when ago. you get pregnant, can I take you to <laughs> abort it? And I was like, yep, you can. You will be in the van with me. Oh my God. Um, so um, I did. Yeah, go. What are you drink? What are you drinking? <laughs> Okay, so it's like a white a, claw. It, no, it, it really like, does. I'm like it, looks like, it looks like a lime white claw, which I wish it was. But instead, your girl went to Trader Joe's and got a matcha green tea unsweetened that tastes like dirt in yes, a bottle. Not white claw. <laughs> whole dirt. But this is also a canned drink. And, you know, when I started talking about this on Instagram, Dez messaged me back saying he loves this drink. Yeah, Dez um, loves coffee so much because he's old and he wakes up at 6 a.m. and lives a whole life before I wake up. I at love around that. 10. But then motherfuckers napping at noon when I'm finally like kind of getting up. Right. And um, that's how we function living together because we actually don't spend much many awake hours together. And you that's why I mean? it works. You guys you are really awake. I actually <laughs> don't know who he is because we're never awake at the same time. Right. For the one hour, it feels like it's going well. <laughs> So you must be specifically trying to coordinate the wedding to occur during the hour you're both awake. Yes. Well, he falls asleep at 9 p.m., which is amazing because then I am free, like watching whatever I want on my phone. You're nice to yourself every night. And also like, it's like he plays hard to get. Like I'll send him something funny on Instagram and he won't respond. Like he's a fuck boy and I'm like into it. And then (laughs) I like miss him. I'm like stalking him on Instagram while he's napping. through all these emotions. Because also like men are so cute when they're asleep because they're not talking. And I'm just like, look how sweet he is. And then he makes and then he also wakes me up so aggressive in the morning. So immediately I'm just like in a What bad does that mood. mean? Aggressive, like turns the light on and is like, can I get ready for school? Like, f- yeah, full on like window blinds opening, pulling my sheets. And I don't like that. I- it takes me about five hours to oh, get awake. I like a slow roll. I can mm-hmm. see that for you. I have a lot <laughs> of like imaginings about what your life is like now in the Hamptons, just because this life kind of came, like, I know this was sudden for you, but more than anything, it was, like, sudden for me. <laughs> and, and you know, I, when I left off with you, like, you were good before the pandemic. I think we, yeah. I don't know where I saw you last. We must have done coffee or something. Everything was yeah. going fine. There was some tall guy in your life. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you're, like, living in the Hamptons. I mean, I like to, I like that I see Des, I, I think I look at Des's Instagram a little more than yours. <laughs> I like to see Des do the polar plunges every morning with his brother. Yeah, it's insane. It's really sweet. Are you close it's, with his brother? His brother is this brother living with you guys? What's going on? Okay. <laughs> so his brother is in West Hampton, came from Ireland, but during quarantine, his brother was stuck in Ireland. Finally, we got him over and he's taking care of Romeo, our pit bull we um, rescued, aka. I'm better than all of you because I do rescue. Congratulations. Thank you. And um, (laughs) so Des and I are back and forth in the city, but they have this obsession with like going in the freezing cold ocean, which 
I used to like when I get in trouble in tennis or like work too hard, they'd force an ice bath on you. So I like would never want to do that for fun. And Des's whole thing is like, you never feel worse after jumping in the ocean. And I'm like, yeah, but I feel horrible during the 30 minutes. Right. Getting in. It's horrible. And also like I'm a girl, like my hair gets cold. Then I have to shower after like they're just animals. I can't. I don't don't like associating with all that, but it's cute. They have like a brotherly (sighs) thing together. But like, I don't know. I stay home. And yeah. they try to get me in on it. And I'm like, I don't want to be part of your weird polar punch cult. Right. Let that be a brother thing. Like Let's jump and don't make other people have to do it. But they like, like jump and don't come like, up. Cancel me. <laughs> no, but they're like crusaders. Like I'm fine with you doing what like you love that. And uh-huh. I don't care who you and what you love. But don't try to get me in on it. Right. You're like, I'm having a dream right now about someone else. <laughs> I <love> <laughs> I just want to sleep in my warm room. I don't want to be in the cold water. We're right. also, no offense, there's sharks in there. And there in there. I'm adorable, yeah. so sharks would come for me. Yeah, that's true. I um, But I like the idea that you're close with his family and he's close with yours. I actually just realized last night that your mom has been following me on Instagram for years. And I followed oh, her back last My mom's night. a big Allie fan. She probably, because Allie and I, you would say we're, I think we invented sketch comedy. We were making 1975. Sketches. <laughs> yeah, we're making sketches on Instagram before Instagram was a thing. And my mom loved our stuff. We were so silly. And I just, I love working with Allie. And now this is just me complimenting Allie for the next day. Well, months. I have but, a compliment back for you. Ooh, But shoot. you can finish your compliment if you want. Oh, no, I was done. I don't want to. Okay, so I first <laughs> met, I first met Hannah. This is for, you know, Jackie and our listeners. I first met Hannah when she was a video producer. I think that was what your title was. Yeah. At Betches. And Hannah was like a one man shop. Like she came up with the ideas, filmed them, got abused, cut them together. <laughs> you know, whatever. She was like doing everything. You know what uh-huh. I mean? She had, you didn't have followers on Instagram. Not really. I was doing like these horoscope Insta stories where people like thought I knew about astrology, but I was just like making fun. It was like horoscopes, <laughs> I like, remember those really W H O horoscopes. And, but I would look at real horoscopes and then be like, okay, what does this really mean? That's relatable and like bitchy. Um, right. but then people would straight up be like, should I break up with my boyfriend? He's a Taurus. And I'd be like, yeah, look at the stars. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Just yeah. wreaking havoc, just chaotic astrology. Just ending yeah. people's marriages. Yeah. I think, I think it was Elise Morales. Yes. That, yes. That was like, Cause we weren't doing these videos and I knew Elise knew so many talented comics in the city that I didn't know. And I was like, give me a list. And then I would act like God and I would judge them. And like, thank God Allie is good looking. Cause I probably wouldn't have called her, but I was like, she's fun. She's cute. <gasps> oh my God. But also I had like a full stalking moment with you one night, like before I met you, you know, how like you find someone you're like, Oh, they're funny. I was yeah. like watching your YouTube videos. Then I found out you were really young. And I was like, who is this like comedy phenom? <laughs> looks like I, I could put her in my back pocket. And then I, but I liked your energy because you just looked like you didn't take shit from anyone. Right. And so I had like a little girl crush on you. Oh, and then so when nice Allie you. brought you up, I was like, Oh, this is, Oh yeah. So I now realize it was a bigger scheme for me to like insert myself into your life but I hired you wow. for a Betches video I thought you were so cool and like didn't really care about who I was at all and I remember I saw you one time at the um, Madison Square Park farmer mar- farmer's market or whatever it was yes! and oh I but Hannah you didn't see the part before that I was like should I say hi <laughs> I was like should I say hi to her should I say hi to her at all wasn't was this like, after we worked together for like four hours yeah <laughs> I remember you were there with a lady friend. Yeah, with an ex lady. With an ex lady. And you guys were so cute during like farmer's market shit where I was taking a break from work to we cry. We were probably and fighting, I, Hannah. <laughs> well, that's good because I took, I got you guys to take a break from fighting, but I was straight up trying to find a public place to cry in the city. And farmer's <laughs> market seemed like a good place. And then I saw you and yeah, you were so cute, so funny. But I also knew that you were like very talented and I like to surround myself with talented people because I think that like, like I can like suck the talent from them and be like a sponge. So that was my like long-term goal with you. I admire how that's collaborative you are. Because, <laughs> because you will you really do like invite people into knowing you like I remember when I went to the summer house premiere the one at bounce years ago oh my god yeah. and there were comedians there that I like 
you know, I kind of knew, but like you in like three months of doing stand up, we're already like best <laughs> friends with. And that's like the type of energy you give. You're genuine. You're very fucking genuine. And you. you just you you're not afraid. To, you don't your instinct. I This is how I see you. Tell me if I'm wrong. Isn't okay. to compete. It's to collaborate and connect. And I think a lot of people when they see other talented people, they say, oh, fuck, no. If their mm-hmm. light is so bright around me, it's going to dull mm-hmm. mine. But you're like, no, no, no. Let me hang out with like everyone that I think is talented because that's only going to make me better. How did you get to that place? Were you always in that place? Great question, because I was a tennis player and this a lot of things go back to my tennis career because it was like the first 15 years of my life. But tennis uh-huh. is literally showing up at a place and every girl around you is just someone standing in your way of winning. So it was like this terrible competitive environment where like women just represented like like bad things to me and like no one was nice to each other everyone was just in the way of your goals and it was super competitive and I hated being compared to other people or like and it was toxic and the only way I survived was like sitting down and being like you need to overcome this like jealousy competitive vibe with people but with tennis it's hard when it's like you literally have to beat them so then when I I started comedy I was like oh my god this is so creative and I'm the kind of person I'll watch a bunch of people on a lineup and I'm not like that person's funnier than that person I'm like oh my god like I love their sense of humor and their sense of humor because of this and everyone's so different and there's no rules in comedy like tennis it's like first to six wins where comedy is just this exploration and also because I was later to the game my ego wasn't attached to it. Like tennis, if I lost a point, I'm like, I put 10 years of my life into this shit. Where comedy, I was like, I like to make my friends laugh. And like, if I go on stage and people laugh, like awesome, I'm proud of myself. So I I tried to approach comedy in a very different way that I did to tennis because I was that bitch. Like I was that bitch who would watch someone and be like, I hope you lose. And like, I hate that feeling, but I learned at a young age that that feeling was bad. And then I do think overall, yeah, you want to surround yourself. Oh, this is my networking advice. Cause my networking advice is like, don't try to make everyone like you. Like mm-hmm. I, you know how like very quick in a conversation, you could tell if you hit it off with someone or not. Sure. Like, I don't care how fucking famous you are. If we're not naturally hitting it off, I'm don't not try. going to and put my time into like trying to make us. And I don't mean like, they might like me a lot, but like, if we don't just like mesh yeah. well, it's, it's not going to be natural where me and you, I feel like, well, you were, a little hard in the beginning. I think you're a little shy, but then I found out we're both from the tri-state area. And that's when I was like, oh, I definitely have a lot of similarities with this girl. Um. So you forced it with me, is what you're saying. I, she did try. She didn't hit it off, but then she well, tried. No, you know what? I thought when no, I- No, you were just shy. But I think once we actually had a one-on-one, because I was like yelling at people. I was like bossing people around. I was going to say, we weren't socially hanging out. I was viewing you as someone who was hiring me for a company. And I felt like this was an opportunity to get seen by 6 million people on their page. That really yeah. mattered to me. So I was yeah. like, I'm not going to sit here talking about like, you ever take a shit and then light a candle? It wasn't like, you know what I mean? I wasn't. I definitely like, did that in your bathroom before. I remember. That's why that I brought now. it up. That's why. I oh my it. god, I blew up your bathroom once, and that's how I show affection. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but that. <laughs> but yeah, you were like being well behaved. You were being like, Allie can turn it on and off for like professionalism versus you're uh-huh. like, oh my god, this girl should not be out in society. I was trying and, to be polished. Yeah. And I remember when you started to break a little, and I was like, wait, this girl's not only like I I look up to her talent wise, but she's like has good energy to be around. So then when you're just leaning towards the people who you have like good energy with, then networking is easy because I'd rather have like 10 comics that I'm, I fucking like trust and like, like being around than like a hundred comics who like, what are we doing? We're not even But I also think like that energy that you have probably attracts a lot of people to you because from not really knowing you and just seeing your social media presence, you really come off as just like, very effortlessly comfortable with like who you are and confident. And I think that's like a very attractive quality when someone is just like, you don't, you just seem like chill and you know who you are and you're funny and you want to make people laugh and you do your thing. So I feel like other people then would like flock to you and want to try and get it. We we love Jacqueline. (laughs) We love her. Wait, I need to bring you everywhere. Blowing you up. (laughs) Thank you so much. It was funny because Obviously, as a comedian, we care what people think of us. And I got it to like a really confident place of like, I'm so me and people get me. And I'm just like mm-hmm. weird, sensitive, <laughs> and I'm just relatable. And then like my last season of reality TV came out and I was like framed in like a very different light. And I believe that was the universe being like, oh, 
you ready to level up in your like mental state. Right. Like, uh-huh. you know, when shit gets real comfortable and you're like, oh, I figured this life thing out. They're like testing are, you. Are you really confident in yourself? Because everyone's yeah. about to hate you. And uh. now let's see what you do. So it's been like a it's definitely a test of and also girls when they're a little too confident and people are liking them too much. The next thing inevitably is like, oh, do we hate her? Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. And I think that's why. Uh, well, I think that's why a lot of people hate you, Hannah. No, I, <laughs> I was going to say the ego thing you said about how you came into comedy late. So you didn't have to have an ego about it. Whereas all of these other comedians who are coming in so early or they're like, this is always what I've wanted to do. It mm-hmm. attaches so much like personal value to everything. Yes. And because you're just like, whatever, you're like getting spots at the stand and like living your life and on tour. So mm-hmm. in a way, if that I for if I were in your shoes, I would feel insecure at first about being like new to comedy. Mm-hmm. But it's actually advantageous that you're not so fucking attached to like. No, Allie, I'm so stupid, like, like stupidly confident right. with my with my comedy where I'm like, yeah, th- I mean, this is all I have to give. So like even like, yeah, like if I overthought it, there'd be no reason why I should think people should be listening to me on stage. But for whatever reason, I've tricked my brain to be like, you can do this. And like, I'll talk to my fiance who's been in the game for like 40 plus years, who knows? And and like, he'll tell me things that I'd even, he'd be like, are you nervous to go up if like a person before you kills? And I'm like, I don't even know that was a thing. Like, I don't even think of these things. Right. Um, That's so good. But I think I am a sponge too, where I'm just like taking shit in and I just have low expectations for myself. Yeah, but- (laughs) Cause I was the opposite alley. I would get so much bad performance anxiety with tennis that I would like full on forget how to serve like serious mental yips problems with my tennis uh-huh. career. And mind you, anyone listening, I was playing number one at a division one university. Like this was embarrassing. Go Badgers, Jackie. Go Badgers. Oh, uh-huh. go Badgers. No, um, she, whatever. Michigan, I mean, Michigan. but everyone in our family was Badgers. So oh, she goes, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah it's okay. <laughs> I like, I like, I like the Badgers way more than I like, uh, (laughs) I think Michigan, Allie hates Michigan. University of Michigan attracts the most cunts and University of Wisconsin. No, you're great. I love you. A lot of the people (laughs) you went to school with are really cunty and intense and University of Wisconsin. They're just like, this is where we got in. Yeah, we're a little less intense. We're we're not like the top and really Everyone's anything. Everyone's a little nicer. <laughs> yes. Everyone's a little nicer. But but we can all bond that we hate Ohio State, right? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, Thank fuck you. Ohio State. So yeah. wait, tell us how the tour is going. And also tell me about do you have any anxiety with like the amount of material you have? Are you like, I'm doing 45 minutes? Oh, I've been it. doing how long have you been doing stand-up? I love that I can talk to you about stand-up stand-up because I'm in a, on a lot of podcasts that like they like them doing comedy, but they don't know like the questions to ask. So this is great. Yeah. Um, I like lie about how long I've been doing comedy. Like I try to get around it because totally. I feel like people judge you. But um, my first show was like April 2018, maybe. Okay. And like my first time I ever did comedy was 10 minutes at Caroline's in front of 350 people, which is insane. But there was no one telling me not to. <laughs> Right. No. Right. And I basically started by taking my tweets because tweet tweeting is like joke writing in a way. But I was totally. like, okay, let's let's divide it into like this is about snacking, this is about napping, this is about dating, and uh-huh. then I I summed <laughs> so it the pillars of comedy. Those are the pillars of my life. And I was like, okay, these tweets are just punchlines. Right. These tweets are just premises. These right. tweets are stupid but like there's something there and I put together 10 minutes and then after the show I had like interviews and stuff after but after the show everyone was like the 10 minutes was my favorite and also wow. I think I fell in love with it because I was like oh my god this is gonna be tennis all over again I'm gonna go on stage and I'm gonna fucking freeze and I'm gonna be an idiot I'm gonna hate myself and I went on stage and I was comfortable so I I was almost like just because you're really good at something doesn't always mean that it's the right thing for you and stand up Uh Mm. my body felt like really aligned on stage I feel like I was I literally didn't know what my body was going to do once the lights came on and then suddenly I just felt like I was talking to my friends the words all came to me because I've I've I have folded like a cheap beach chair in certain pressure situations. But I think maybe because I've been through that, I'm like, I could talk. Right. Like, I don't have to like do a second serve. That's so it. interesting. Yeah. But- 
did tennis differences in the experiences also tennis i was such a perfectionist like if i missed one ball i would freak the fuck out and break my racket over my head where stand up i'm like no one knows when you really mess up and like if you mess up you make a joke about it so i felt this crazy freedom and then i didn't i didn't do another show i maybe like a couple weeks later i did a show yeah two months later did another show and some comics came and i remember they like pulled me to the side after and they were like you're naturally good at this but if you want to actually do this like we'll help you like but like you need to grind if you want to do this and i remember like being like wow they they believe in me like this is cool because you know comics in new york are very judgy judgy yeah but they were like everyone's gonna make fun of you you're gonna be like a laughing stock unless you start doing this many shows a week and like I just was like no ego I was like let's go and then I finally got like I said it was 40 minutes but then I performed and it was 27 I got 27 minutes right and I started my first tour and I did DC LA San Francisco and then COVID hit Mm. oh wow and then during that time, during I didn't do any stand-up. I was doing tons of podcasts and stuff. And my whole set was about why I'm single. Like, is it me? Is it them? Is it Disney? Is it cats? Like, why? <sighs> and then during quarantine, I get I meet a guy, get engaged. And then I'm, like, back on stage. And I'm, like, being single is crazy, right? And I, like, have a ring on my finger. So now it's evolved. And now I have I have about 50 minutes that I've been doing because I've added more about quarantine and about meeting someone. So, but I'm not, I haven't done anything right, technically. Sure. But like, you know, there, what is, what is right and what is wrong for standup? Like you well, said, stand-ups, like- I asked tons of people advice and I've gotten either nothing. They don't like telling each other how they do it. Like there's no handbook to comedy. And if there was, there'd be way more comedians because it's just an X factor that you can explain for each person, I think. Yeah, I well, a lot of people will ask. Jackie and I were talking about this before. A lot of people will ask, "How do I start comedy? How do I do?" I'm like, "You just do it. You just get up <laughs> and you do it. There's no advice really beyond get on stage, get behind a microphone, and see what happens." Before that, how long of a conversation can you have? There, oh, I know. And I also think even people who okay, fine, you have to grind, you have to put in the work, you have to practice. Like there is a natural talent that I think everyone could read a book to become a (laughs) stand-up I would be that would be horrible stand-up to me it would be I truly can't even imagine I'm uncomfortable thinking about it but there's also so many different kinds of stand-ups like that like Allie and I are very outgoing you could tell and then there's ones where like you were like how do you form a sentence in public and that's what makes them so funny because they're like so self-aware of their awkwardness so there's no Mm -hmm. rules even little things like so I could go on and be like I'm awkward I know it let's talk about it yeah I know someone relate to you I think you're the next stand-up in the room but but (laughs) but I do think there's also this weird thing where people are always like write jokes you need to write jokes so one day I was like okay let's write jokes I was gonna ask you yeah I wrote a bunch of jokes and then I'm like, okay, I have five new bits. I'm not going to be able to practice them on stage tonight. Like maybe I'll try one. And people don't talk about that process. Like once you write the jokes, how am I going to remember them all right? And it's just, it's weird. I do a lot of my writing on stage or I'll, I ch- and there's also a timing thing. Like I work, like I'll do like 30 tweets in a row and then you won't hear from me for a month. Where stand up, you can't just write like 20 new bits. So I try to like do one and throw it in. If it works, keep it. Do another one, throw it in. If it works, keep it. And yeah, and then it's hard because then you have summer house people who are watching who like are more just watching you because they're like, oh, it's Hannah off the TV. And right. you, you, what do you want to me say- to? Yeah, what do they want you to do? Like get drunk on stage? I don't understand. Like, <laughs> do what you did on the show, get fucked I'm like, up. I'm like, I can't pee in a hot tub on stage. Right. Um, <laughs> they're like, close on the pee in the hot tub. It's funny though, one of my. <laughs> The members of my reality TV show went to one of my shows and afterwards I walked off stage and they were like, oh, like, you're not meant to be on reality TV. Like, this is, you're a whole different person on stage. Like, I'm like, yeah, because I have depression and anxiety and it doesn't bode well when you're locked in a house for seven weeks, (laughs) but it's great for the stand-up stage. Right. Wait, so, okay. So you said you you were taking the tweets initially. Yeah. Like, I'm curious, what is your... Like, do you have, yeah, do you have a list of things that, like, for me, I have a list of things on my phone that I always go to, and I'll write something down if I think of something, yeah. and then I kind of play with it, and then, yeah, I figure it out on stage, 
And also, I want to know, what is it like? Because you're dating a stand-up. You're dating a professional stand-up who's been doing this for years. Des headlines the Comedy Cellar all the time. He mm-hmm. tours. He's like the Amy Schumer of Ireland. Okay? <laughs> so, like, is he like, oh, Hannah, you know, I've been writing jokes for a long time. This is what I think. Is that a really collaborative process? Is he like, you do you. You have a totally different process. So, what the greatest thing that he's taught me is actually to calm down and just be freer on stage. So like I used to like, I'd have a set list and my most anxiety was never like, will the joke hit? It was, will I remember the order of these jokes? Like for some reason that, and I also have not a great memory and I don't even smoke weed, but like I forget everything. So before I'm on stage, I'm, I'm in the bathroom writing my set list of like, you know, cuddles, fuck boys, dinosaurs. Like I'm just doing that. And Mm -hmm. then, so that's like my biggest stress. And then he was like, okay, stop, like go on stage, trust that it'll come naturally. And when you feel a moment to go off script, he was like, do it. Like he, when he got back from quarantine, he was like trying to remember his old stuff, but then he started just improving about quarantine and he got like a new 10 minutes in two weeks just because he was gave himself permission to be free to improv. Now, most people cannot just like improv for 10 minutes. He's a psycho and he's great at energy with the crowd, mm-hmm. but he gave me the freedom to go on stage and go off script more. And that's where I've been able to improve my comedy and find like just a new confidence on stage. Because when you go on too rigid, it's like, how are you going to make people laugh when you feel like you're giving a Ted talk um, <laughs> and, right. and you're too, and it, I'm not, totally. I might miss opportunities in the crowd when I'm so regimented in my head. Yeah. Um, but in terms and of thinking, Oh yeah. I was just going to say as a crowd member, it's like so important to me having the comedian engage with the crowd. Cause you really like feel like more of a part of the experience instead of just watching. It happen. Well, yeah. Comedy is not giving a speech. It's like a dance. And yes. once you realize that like, and also you guys are what decides like what's funny like comics can't be like oh this crowd's dumb it's like no they decide what's funny sorry um right. and you right. have to kind yeah. of respect the crowd in that way like and earn it more that's also I don't have an ego where like some people just like blow off a crowd where I will be like I don't deserve it like I need to earn it I need to earn it. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I've seen change over time that's but I'm like the most Hannah burner response to bombing ever <laughs> Hannah bombs and she's like, you're right. I'm sorry. I know. I'm so bad. I thought I shouldn't be doing this. I'm going back to Bravo. I fucking hate myself. Um, But I do feel like there's, Des will also occasionally like, we'll be joking about us and he'll like, be like, oh, that's a funny bit. And I'm like, yeah, but that's your male perspective of it. Cause, and he's like, you should use it. And I'm like, yeah, but I have to, that's, that works for you. Like we are Uh such different personalities that, he almost like respects that I know my voice, which is pretty cool. But I have been writing for like five plus years in terms of just like memes and videos. And it's like, I call it Betch's boot camp, just like joke writing. But um, I also think with us, we'll just have good conversations. He's good at being like, that's funny. Like, and, and then in my head, I'll be like, okay, if he thinks that's funny, I could build off that. Mm. Um, but he doesn't like when I practice on him. Mm. Like, why? So, well, I think he's a like freak and he's also kind of a genius and I'm pretty stupid. So like before I got back on stage, I was like practicing like in the mirror to my dog, to my cat. And he thought it was so stupid. And I'd be like in the car and I'm like, can I practice for you? And he's like, honestly, like, I don't. And I was like, Des, I want to practice. And he's like, it's just weird. Like you don't practice like that. Go on stage, just go on stage. I'm like, no, like I literally don't remember my jokes. Yeah, I, pra- I practice sometimes. I'll say it out loud if I need, if I have an important set or something. Someone yes. to get the order. But I could see someone else being like, that's fucking weird. And then I'm like, totally. And then just Also, like, he, he's never heard. He had, we got, he proposed to me before he ever heard my stand-up. That which, is a horrible, horrible decision. A horrible decision. And he also deep down knew, like, okay, she's pretty green with comedy. And I remember our first show was the first time he, like, heard me do comedy in Governors a couple weeks ago. And I remember him being like, the room wasn't easy. Like they were hammered. It's kind of bright and a little chatty. And he was like a little nervous for me. And I went out, did my thing. It went great. And he was like, I'm so proud of you. And I was like, was my marriage on the line? <laughs> oh my God. You know that, because when I meet- Oh my gosh. When I meet Sorry, someone- I'm blown. When I meet someone before a show and I hang out with them, 
I'm always like, okay, you're cool. But then I see them on, I want to see them on stage before I decide how I actually feel about them. Because mm-hmm. you could think someone's awesome. And then they go on stage, they're doing some whack ass shit. And you're like, oh, I had no idea that was your vibe. Like that kind of puts me off a little. So I'm so surprised a comedian, he must just be, he honestly must just be very, very secure with himself. That's yes. really, that's really. Well, that's why it worked because we're at such different points in our career. Like I never once feel like he's intimidated or jealous. Like he's just proud of me. The only thing that's hard is he sees me going through stuff and making mistakes that he made when he was younger, especially like getting some fame or getting attention and dealing with it. So he'll like be more passionate about it. Like I made this mistake. Don't make this mistake. But I'm like, you might need to let me make some mistakes because that's how I learn. That's right. how you learned. He's just yeah. wise in that way. Um, But I actually, I never said this out loud, but Des and I like I knew that he was funny, but I like really didn't care about his stand up, maybe because everyone likes his stand up. But I more think I think he's way funnier, like our chemistry together sitting down. Like when he performs, I, I don't even see it as him. It's like does his avatar on stage. Right. And I like appreciate it, but I'm not like, ha, but it's off stage how we connect that. I like admire the most. Like his so jokes, breaking like, news, Hannah Burner does not think Des is a good stand-up. <laughs> no, I literally think he's amazing, but it's it's I think we fell in love not watching his stand-up. So I just see it as like his job. It's like, yeah, if I was dating an accountant, like he's great at accounting, but I'm not like fucking him because he's good at adding. Yeah, and I hate to make this the Des Bishop show, like, <laughs> but I actually, I do have to say there's something sort of like Mensa genius level about Des because I was familiar with Des's stand-up separate from Hannah and I would see him at the Comedy Cellar and he would close on bits that he does in like Mandarin. I mean, he's like, he's very- like no, he's a genius. He's a genius, like his language skills are genius. His like wordplay is like incredibly smart and he would come in these like, floral button down shirts (laughs) that I'd be like, and I would think he was like really hot. I was like, you're a silver Fox. Who are you fucking? And he would just close at the cellar. He would kill. And I would be like, who, what's going on? And then to see you two together, it's really, um, it's pretty magnetic and you're both so fucking funny and smart. And, uh, yeah, you're just a fucking cool comedy couple. Then, Thank you so much. It's so nice, especially when we were on reality TV and we got shot on because that's how reality TV goes. But you were a big part of it. You were one of our first friends that found out. Oh, because, I remember the first time. Because we were in quarantine together. Like it wasn't, I wasn't like bringing him around. We were alone. And yeah. I think we, so we didn't know each other, but we knew all the same people. And Allie's name came up, came up. And I was like, oh, I know Allie. And he was like, no, I know Allie. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like Allie and I invented sketches together. And he, right, was, like, right, right. <laughs> and he was like, no, like I've, I've had great conversations with her. And I think we FaceTimed you or something. Yeah, I FaceTimed you guys. You were like in his car, like <laughs> going to like adopt a child. I was like, oh, things have sped up quickly. But what's crazy is I just tell Allie, I was like, I'm like with Des Bishop. And she was just like, yes. She she was like, I know you two separately and I see it and I give my blessing. And she was like all about it. It definitely was like, because, you know, like finally you show your friends, the guy you're fucking that you're so into. And then you you look at the picture from their perspective and you're like, oh, he's. Yeah. Oh, God. (laughs) He's so fucking nice and smart. And Hannah's so fucking nice and smart and funny. Everyone's funny. And she dated a comedian before. She's dated comedians before. And not all, myself never again. Not all comedians are so fucking open and collaborative. So like yeah. she, needed, she needed to be matched with mash. But also with, uh, don't you feel like, like totally. Des, don't you feel like Des is one of those comics that like off the stage, he's very normal. Like normal. he's not like he's so when There's I first not met a lot. him. I, I know I didn't feel like I was with a comic. I felt like I was Normal. with this guy from Queens and I'm this girl uh-huh. from Brooklyn and we were just living our weird, but now we're living life outside of quarantine for the first time, but we already got engaged. We already, we've made a lot of mistakes. Um, so now we're seeing like what each other is really like in the real world. Right. And it's been fun to like, it's like reverse. Now we're like dating. Like we'll go out to dinner. We never did that before. We totally. Just, like, and you started like living together. We literally probably. started married. Me too. Then we, so you went through a similar thing. I'm Same living with, with me. <laughs> you're not living with Jordan. But I basically did. And, <laughs> at least I like Jasmine, you're not a part of this. You're not a part you of this. I met his parents yeah. like the same day I met him. Yeah, you know what, Jackie? This is kind of like a me and Hannah thing. And the fact that you're like even Guys, trying to make a conversation like, about the three of us. We all started dating someone during the pandemic and now live with them. 
it's crazy. So I, I have these bits now. I'm like, what if like outside a global pandemic, you know, this is very New York niche, but like the subway doors opening, like doesn't let the people out first or like right. he sings happy birthday <laughs> at the restaurant. Like there's so many things that you don't know about the person, but the fact we both have stand up at night has been fun because we wake up when's your sets, when's your sets. And then like, if we can get dinner, we can. And it, you don't have to explain or feel bad that you're like leaving someone because you're both doing the same shit. Yes. Right. Well, I, uh, two things. One, like, what is your ultimate vision as a stand-up? Are you going to act? Are we going to see you write films? Are you going to be writing on television? Because oh I know the reality isn't, that's not your, who you are. Who you are is your, your creative. So like, what, what do you see for yourself? Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you for believing in me. Um, my, what I see for myself is I'm trying to just be happy. Like day to day, my goals are to just like not be depressed. And with that, I feel like I'm focusing on stand-up while being very open to like, if an idea also not forcing it, like, I'm not like, I need to write it, feed your fam. Like if when things come to me, I'm going to like do it. Um, yeah. If mm-hmm. I get good ideas, I'm going to go with it. So I'm just, I'm not really setting any like five-year plans. It's just wherever I feel inspired, I'm going to go towards. And it sucks because sometimes you start saying no to more things, but that's how you really know what you want to do. Right. And I also, you know, I've had this thought because, you know, you and Des have had a relationship that started basically like we saw it on television. Well, those of us who watch Mm -hmm. and I feel pressure, even if I post a picture (laughs) of me and my significant other on Instagram to keep the relationship afloat. Yeah. And there's just no way you meet someone during a pandemic, you're living with them, you're engaged and things are fucking perfect. Mm -hmm. Do you feel pressure because everything is out there? You're talking Mm -hmm. about on stage, on podcasts. Mm -hmm. So is he. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to just like always like make shit work. Like how do do you deal with that? You're just like, whatever, I'm a public person and this is my life and I'm going to live it. Well, it's part of anxiety is like to catastrophize. So like me thinking like, what if this didn't work out? It would be so fucking embarrassing. Everyone would be like, we told you guys. But then it's like, I'm not scared. Like God forbid we get, we break up. It's like someone will relate. I'll be able to help someone with my story. And the, Mm -hmm. the worst the only worst thing than breaking up is staying with someone who's not making you happy. So like I've given myself that freedom to mess up and stuff, but also we kind of went through the worst shit ever in the first six months of our relationship. I made him go on a reality TV show that ended up, I didn't know was like being twisted, not in a positive light for me. And I brought this new guy to come. They made it like he didn't hang out with the group enough when like, he's a sober 45 year old who was so nice to everyone. So then he not only was dealing with backlash, but then sitting with this new person he fell in love with, who every time you go online is like hate campaigns against this person. And he doesn't even know me with my friend. So I'm like, does he think I'm the devil? And <sighs> right. He, and then he's like caring so much and just taking on all my anxiety. And then next thing you know, it finishes and you're like, that was a tsunami. And you're like, do you want to go to brunch? And like, are we okay? (laughs) So we survived it, but like, we definitely have some trauma from it. Um, But he definitely has seen all of me. And I know that I am so myself with him. But like, I mean, the hardest thing is being in the public eye is a risk. And to be honest, I purposely don't post him a lot of my Instagram because like, I want to give him a fucking break. Yeah. Because like he didn't ask for all this shit. And he also is a pretty private person when it comes to his personal life. But we were so madly in love that he was like, yeah, fuck it. And then like at the aftermath of a year later, he was like, oh God, like, was that the right decision? But I do think like when it's meant to be, you can't fuck it up because guys, I literally fucked everything up <laughs> up until this point with him. So now it's like, we're just trying to get back to being like normal dating. Like, okay, we wake up in the morning, we go to work, we catch up. Like, cause every day was like a new article that would drop. That was like horrible. I can't like, I, even imagine like having And that he doesn't even know me that well. Relationship. Yeah, yeah. It's like so many voices in the room so early on. And now it's just the two of you on the phone. So early. Yeah. And- in person yeah and but then also it's been it's been healthy to like for him to meet like my real friends in the city of people who like actually know me and love me like I had a I've had a lot of positive internet reactions and now I've dealt with some negative of like my friend would post an insta story of me and someone will write watch out for that girl have you read about her question mark and my friend's like actually I know her like I know her as a human so it's like it's been tough but um am I he's seen my confidence go up and down of me as a person but 
I can't imagine rock you for me. being um, painted as I, I like exclusively know you personally. So I have like a sheltered yeah. image of yeah. you. And I think now I was, I was, I was standing up for myself against some men. And I, there's like one thing where I like have a trigger when it comes to like men who are disrespectful and yeah. I was standing up to them and it, it like got the angle was less like, wow, Hannah's standing up for herself against these guys who are being so disrespectful. And it was more Hannah's crazy with daddy issues, which is unfortunate. Yeah. But also I, who is, who isn't crazy with daddy issues? Who isn't crazy with daddy issues? Well, but I think like the real people, even on, yeah, they get it. House, they still get it because my friends who know you only know you through summer house and they are obsessed with summer house and they mm-hmm. like, they oh, that I makes me, them. that makes so, me feel so happy. Cause also like, was I different the first two seasons? Yes. But was this still a side of me that during pandemic, I was like, t- I was defending myself and open and like, obviously I'm filming a TV show, so I'm not going to just walk away and be mature. Um, right, 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 right. But I, I always went into the public eye being like, I'm not trying to look aspirational. I'm trying to be myself and maybe feel, make someone feel less alone. That is aspirational. That's the real, that's the real aspirational move is to go and be your fucking self. Yeah. 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 And, you know, it could be twisted in all types of ways what happened in certain moments. But it's like now it's it really taught me like, oh, you know, I actually don't care that much about getting like some more followers. I'd rather get some more happiness in doing more creative stuff. Yeah. Good, good for like you. Doing that. So awesome. Well, I'm saying that to myself. I don't know if I believe it yet, but I'm No, trying. you, we, I, I see <laughs> it you. say it to yourself, look in the mirror, you'll believe it. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. We're going to do a couple of voicemails that we got. Oh, I love it. I love um, it. All right. So we're going to start with this one. Hey, Allie. Hey, Hannah. Um, my name is Meg. A huge fan of you both. Hannah, this question more geared towards you. Uh, I'm dating someone who's 10 years older, divorced. I know you guys have a bit of an age gap, so I'm just wondering what you think a deal breaker is or how old is too old and um, what those deciding factors should be before or red flags before you get into a relationship with somebody who is that much older than you. Love you both. Thanks. Bye. Oh, Meg, love you. So happy you asked this question. We love older men. We also love divorced men because divorced men have made mistakes, made changes in their life, and they're actually like, the more wiser for it. You have to train them much less because they've been trained (laughs) by previous women. And also they're probably less likely to just get involved in something because they've like fucked up before. Um, But I like older men because like Des, he probably was a fuck boy back in the day, but now he's a retired fuck boy. Like he's tired. He's not chasing women in the streets. He has arthritis. Um, Right. (laughs) I have a hard time thinking that, you know, what is Des? Des 45. He's 45. Yeah, that's not even a real age gap. Give me a break. Well, also, call, like, call I'm me when you're 18. dating an 80 year old. But also, like, I'm 30. Like, in male years, that's 50, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're old. But I do think that older men are have a maturity to them. And sometimes younger men I would have fun with, but I wouldn't respect their mind. And um, as long as you are of age and a guy you don't think is just like using you for your tight young vagina, I think especially a divorced man is going to be full of knowledge and life experiences that younger guys aren't. And I think that's attractive. I, I, I there's agree. nothing I hate more than young people. They're, they're, <laughs> they're half baked and they're poor. I have no interest. You're why so are, right. They're still in the fucking oven. Why like, is everyone like, Oh, they're old. Yeah. I'm sorry. They're established and they have a little bit of savings. Grow up. <laughs> the I know, only they have a 401k. Yeah. The only age gap that gives me some like pause is when if you, we were out to dinner, people would be like, is it her dad or her husband? Like if so it's like I, I get that. Like there's is that your dad or they go daddy. And that's how you tell like who has daddy issues and who doesn't. But it's huh? like, <laughs> I do also the whole daddy issue things like let's stop. Like I I don't you can have dysfunctional relationships with guys of any age. I don't. I'm not trying 100%. to fuck my, of all my issues with my dad, it's not that I want to fuck him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so like, we need to stop with that. But yeah, I just, I think older men are great because so many younger guys, I wouldn't, I wouldn't respect their mind. I just like would yeah. fool around with them. And then when I actually wanted advice, I would call my mom. Right. I mean, I'm dating, uh, and I have to say, I'm dating a woman who's older than me. She's 35. Mm-hmm. And I, have, I, I think um, that people who are, first of all, I would never date someone younger than me. Mm-hmm. I would never do that. That sounds like Same. a, 
huge, huge mistake. I'm not trying to raise someone. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not trying to be a mother. I mm-hmm. mean, older is so, so easy. You can show up being you. And if they're together, then they're to, I, I mean, that just yeah. works for me. So I hope that helps you out, Meg. We um, and you, basically Meg. Meg, go, you. Meg, go older, date as old as you can. Yeah. Like reach higher. We want reach, higher for you. Yeah. Go for someone <laughs> in their sixties. All right. Yes. Here, this is um, another question for Hannah. Hi, Ali, Jackie, and Hannah. Wishing you all a wonderful summer. Hannah, I'm curious now that you've seen the season play out. Is there any situations you would have approached differently or said things differently? Second question, how do you feel about Paige continuing on the show and Winter House without you? Thanks. Bye. That was fast. <laughs> that was fast. Second question. Second question. Yeah. I have to get it in. Uh, yeah, that's for you, Hannah. Oh, real quick from the last one, too, is these guys are better in bed. Like, oh, they know what really they're doing. They know mm-hmm. what they want. They know how to make you happy and like because guys when they're younger don't know how to fuck they just don't i don't care and they also don't know what's best for you um with and it goes, question, i don't care like someone's gonna come out and defend themselves i know how to fuck she's like i don't care what you say <laughs> i don't want to hear it you don't you don't know <laughs> all the young straight guys who listen to the pod um on this last one with summer house i think looking back at last season if i had known how it was going to be shown of course i would have changed things but things could have also played out so different and I could have looked like a feminist hero. So I've definitely spent many nights thinking back of what I could have changed, but I've ultimately come to the conclusion where like, if it were to happen again, I would have reacted. Um, I could have done the season and not reacted to anything. And I think it just would have been a bad season and nothing would have happened. So um, I'm glad that I brought entertainment to everyone's lives. And if Mm -hmm. I looked like a fucking psycho, I hope it made some people feel more sane during the pandemic. Um, you are is- so together, really. I have so much respect for you. I thought I was yeah. you before this interview. You got your head on, like, right. You're, I mean, like, so mentally sound. I mean, oh, my God, you guys sound, are hilarious. Yeah. I wish we could now cut back to, like, me having a panic attack over, like, spilling popcorn mm-hmm. on myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're so together. Um, <laughs> you're counting page. the kernels like Rain Man. <laughs> <laughs> the page says, can I recite my set? <laughs> me crying because Des is like can you not do that stupid pitbull joke in front of me um so with the Paige stuff it's really hard because Paige and I came in together and our friendship was so fun but it got to the point where like people more so liked the idea of our friendship ending than celebrating like the fun part of our friendship and people more like like women fighting than them being funny together so like I started to realize maybe like maybe if I stayed it would have been bad for our friendship is it weird having, you know, Paige doing Winter House and Paige doing the show without me? Yeah, it sucks. We both hate it. But um, we're also at different parts of our lives. If I was still single and like to drink, we're like, I'm going to be honest, I am never like to drink. I was never good at partying. I did it like to fit in. And right now I'm sober and engaged. So like, I, I have to decide, would I rather be sober and engaged or like single and partying? You're sober now? I'm not, I'm not sober, but I'm just like not a big drinker. That's me, mm-hmm. you know. That's I prefer eating. I just prefer eating. If I'll get like, if someone's celebrating, I will get fucked up. Like if I, if the moon is in the right place, every now and then I'm like, let's black out. That's but Hannah's hate- definition of sober, everyone. <laughs> I'm sober, <laughs> but if, in, if the moon's in the right place, I'll <laughs> totally black out. If, if the moon's <laughs> in Aquarius, let's fucking go. But because I, I also, I never understood the concept of like partying. When I was younger, I was like 13 and some coach was telling me how someone was losing a lot because he was partying too much. And I was like, birthday parties? Like I didn't <laughs> understand what party. I was like, is he invited a ton of birthdays? Because yeah. I am very hard on myself. So I'm like, I have all those like alone depressed moments when I'm out where I'm like, look in the mirror and I'm like, what are you celebrating? Are you really happy? Like, are you proud of yourself? Did you do something you think you earned to like celebrate? Like she's a comedian at heart. She's a comedian. <laughs> all right. Before, before we go, we're going to give you a questionnaire. And this is a questionnaire I heard growing up on Inside the Actor Studio that I'm obsessed with. So I'm going to like that. So I give it to everyone. Okay. And um, you can just, you know, answer what feels right. You don't have to spend too much time deliberating if it doesn't they, make sense to you. Are they going to sue you? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay, we well, should double check that. All right, we'll double check <laughs> if they're going to sue me. But this is a famous question from Bernard Pivo. So I okay. think that they At least can, you have credit. At least you have I credit. think that they everyone can ask this questionnaire. Okay. We'll cut it if I get sued. All right. The, <laughs> first, the first question is, what is your favorite word? 
My favorite word is fuck. What is your least favorite word? My least favorite word is essentially. Uh, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Creating something out of nothing. What turns you off? The people who overuse the word essentially. <laughs> what is your favorite curse word? My favorite curse word, my newly is cunt because I'm with an Irish guy. Mm. What sound or noise do you love? Fajitas. I, mean, <laughs> I was joking with Andrew Collin. He said fajitas are like the club. Like if, if right. um, a Mexican restaurant. restaurant had a club, it's like the um, VIP. The <laughs> yeah, the sizzle. And my least favorite sound is my least favorite sound. Oh, I also like the sound of a basketball court. That's fun. Oh, my least favorite sound is honking when you don't need a honk in New York City. Mm-hmm. Shut up. What mm-hmm. profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Um, break dancer. Wasn't expecting that. What profession? <laughs> what profession would you not like to attempt? Customer service of any kind. And if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? There's a ton of cats. Pet any of them that you want. Oh, very good. Very Hannah. Butter's right in there waiting for you. Thank you for joining us, Hannah. Thank you, Ellie. This was so fun. I love your pod. Everyone should subscribe. And I'm obsessed. Thank you for coming on. You're so wonderful. I'm so excited for all of the great things that uh, you're up to and going to continue to do. Everyone, uh, watch her career because she's going to keep keep rising. <laughs> oh, yeah. Go to hannahburn.com for ticks and all that shit. Great. Do it. I'm going to come see you in the city. Oh, my God. Yes. Love you. Bye.